I thought qualifying for Boston would get easier as I got older. My last um, BQ is, was in 2009. It was actually the year I got married, so I, I blame my husband a lot for it. Diz Runs Radio, episode 920, starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to uh, give a little little wink, little nudge, little hint, hint, little reminder for those of you that haven't entered the giveaway yet. The giveaway for what? The giveaway for a free custom training plan for the race of your choice. Theoretically, races are going to be a, a pretty regular thing again, hopefully soon-ish. But if not, you can just cash it in for 16 weeks worth of just working with me as your coach if you want to, I suppose. But I give that away each and every month. And uh, as this episode comes out, we're about one week away from picking the next winner. So uh, get yourself entered, shall you? Uh, because you can't win it if you're not in it. And to get yourself into the drawing, all you got to do is point your browser over to disruns.com slash giveaway. Or you can just go right to the homepage, disruns.com. There you got to click something. You get, It's like two-step process if you go to the homepage. Um but either way, you enter your name, you enter your email address, and bada boom, bada bam, you are entered into the drawing. The random number generator will be picking a new winner at the beginning of each month. Once you're entered once, you're automatically re-entered each and every month. So all you gotta do is enter once and you're good to go. And, uh, you know, maybe that gives you the, uh, well, certainly that gives you the opportunity to win. Maybe that gives you the pleasure of working with me. Although some may say working with me is not a pleasure. I don't know. You you can be the judge on that. If you don't think you'd like to work with me as your coach, then don't uh, enter the drawing. It's it's pretty well, the, you know, I mean, that's pretty simple. But if you think, hey, you know, I might like having a coach or maybe, you know, I've never thought about it before, but maybe it would be something that'd be interesting. Give it a shot. You got nothing to lose. Uh, you got everything to win-ish as far as just, you know, 16 weeks. So it's, it's not a huge long-term commitment. Um, but anyway, enough enough of the dribble, dribble, drabble, ribble, rabble, whatever disruns.com slash giveaway or right there on the homepage disruns.com either way good luck may the odds ever be in your favor and now without any further ado let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show hey guys uh my guest today is a lady that has been running for uh, the majority of her life at this point and as far as i can tell has no plans of stopping anytime soon uh she's also someone that recognizes the value of taking care of your body from the inside out and how doing so uh can certainly help us as runners to keep going uh, and keep running strong and healthy for, uh, for many, many decades. So, uh, needless to say, just from that, I, you can probably tell there are plenty of things that, uh, we can talk about today. And there's a whole lot more that I've kind of even kept, kept up my sleeve, uh, as far as things she's got going on and places she's been, which is a little, little tease there as well. Uh, and I'm looking forward to, to actually seeing where today's, uh, conversation really, really goes, uh, cause there's no shortage of, of direction. So let's get this party started by welcoming Ms. Karen Schleter Moreland to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Karen. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Danny. This is exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to it. And guys, if you want to connect with Karen and, and find out some of the stuff that she's got going on, things things that she's doing, uh, adventures that uh, hopefully we'll, she'll be back to uh, 
participating in sooner rather than later. Uh, avocadorunners.com. Avocadorunners.com is the website. Uh, same, ha- same handle on Instagram and Facebook at avocadorunners. And on the Twitters, if you want to check her out on Twitter, it's at KS, the number four health, at KS4health is her handle on Twitter. Uh, and as per usual, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes uh, for today's episode, which you can get to by pointing your browser over to disruns.com slash 920. We'll have all the website links and uh, social media links and anything else we talk about today that makes sense to link up. We'll have it all linked up there. Disruns.com slash 920. So, uh, Karen, this isn't the, uh, I mean, this is the first time that we've been, been chatting, but it is not the first time you've heard this introductory question. So we'll just, uh, tee it high, <laughs> let it fly. You can, you can tell us what, uh, what your answer is. Although anybody who knows you probably, uh, has a pretty good idea of, of what the answer is going to be. Uh, but it's the way we start every, every episode of the show. Every conversation starts this way. What is your favorite distance to race and why? Yes, it is definitely the marathon. And you know, I'm not even sure why I think I just really love long distance running. Um, I like the length long, slow distance. I like the jog in it. Um, I'm not, um, especially the older I get, I'm not as fast as I was. And so I just like to go out and just take my time and enjoy it. And so why not throw the marathon distance into that distance? So yeah, I just had really fun training for a marathon, a lot of fun, um, as fun as the marathon event itself, actually. Well, yeah. And, and, uh, Lots of folks, myself included, would would probably rate the marathon as uh, as our number one uh, you know favorite distance to race. Although I, I think that I would I don't know that I'm going to push back on you, but I would I, I have a harder time with the training. Like like I I enjoy decent ish long runs, but uh, you know some of those those last handful of of longer distance training runs leading up to the marathon um, are not always my favorite. But but what do you enjoy about being out there for uh, a good chunk of time, you know, 15, 18, 20, 20 plus miles, something like that when you're leading up to the marathon? What 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 about those long runs gets you excited? I don't know if excitement <laughs> is the right word for it, but um, it just, I think the challenge, um, they're not every single long run is ever the same, it seems like, and some days are better than others. And I just really enjoy just being out there and I try to take a different route all the time and different things like that. It's yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I don't know. <laughs> it gets gotcha. me out of the house. Well, yeah, there's something to be said about that uh, as well. Um, so, you know, kind of mentioned it in the uh, the intro that you've been running for the the majority of your life, I believe, on on somewhere that I saw a website or, or social media or somewhere uh, that, that you've been running for uh, something along the lines of of four decades. Uh, but how did you get started in the sport? You know, four decades ago, uh, where where were you? What got you started as a runner? Well, I ran track in high school. And before that, even in um, before like my like 12, 13 years old, it was just something I could do. to, And um, I just enjoyed putting on a pair of shoes. And then back then I didn't have any like watch or ran a cotton turtlenecks in the winter and <laughs> didn't really have any special equipment. But it was just something I could do every day that I didn't need much. Um, and then I just would run. <laughs> and I kind of liked it. So I just kept run- going with it. And by the time I got into college, I was still running. And then my first marathon was back in the 80s, shortly after college. So, um, yeah, it was it just kind of grew on me. Wow. Um, you know, uh, I think that it's fairly safe to say that a lot of folks that are listening um, probably weren't running in the in the 80s um, <laughs> yeah. for, for a variety of reasons. But I mean, it just it, it, I think it's something that, that certainly I, I lose sight of um, is that, you know, running as popular as it is now, hasn't always been, been the case. Um, so, so t- 
tell us a little bit about what that, that first marathon was like, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of, of 30, 35, 40 years ago, some, whatever the, the exact dates shake out to be, not, not super important, but the, the first marathon, what was it like back then compared to what those of us that have been running marathons for the last handful of years uh, and kind of know what quote unquote modern day marathons are like, what, what were some of the uh, you know, comparison and contrast uh, situations between that first marathon and, and more recent races that you've run? Well, you're definitely right, Denny. I didn't really have any friends that ran, um, good friends. I don't even remember running with anybody and I still run solo, but when I was running back then, um, I was working in my chemistry job and a friend of mine was a runner and he was, um, he encouraged me to, to train for the twin cities marathon with him. So I did. Um, and I don't remember following that much of a training plan. I just would go run when I had time during the week and run longer on the weekends and just, I, it's so different now. You have a training plan. You probably have a coach. You have a watch. You have all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I never had anything like that back then. And I only ran. I, so that was my first marathon. And somehow I managed to run it in like, I don't know, three and a half hours. Wow. And I really don't even remember. I don't even know what I was doing. And so um, now it's just a completely different story. Yeah. But then I didn't run another one for another, at least another decade. Um mm-hmm. And it's not like I didn't enjoy that first one. It just, um, when I was working full time and it just took a lot of time, as you know, for training with marathons. So I just kind of moved on to other distances and then I found another a good friend of mine and my other, my, my job now is also a runner. And we decided to train again, which was about a decade later, um, after my first one. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. As, as far as that, that first race, that, that twin cities race back, back for the first marathon, um, you know, what, what was it like as, as far as, um, you know, crowds, as far as, as the whole kind of race day environment, again, kind of comparing it and contrasting it to, to what, what, uh, more current day races are like. You know, that's the funniest thing, Danny. I don't, it was so long ago and <laughs> I had fun, but I really honestly don't remember much of the race. I don't even remember. I remember like sprinting to the finish line, mm. seeing my parents there getting my medal and t-shirt and going home. <laughs> there was, it was just like, it didn't seem like that much hoopla, like the Twin Cities Marathon is now. And maybe it was just cause I was so young. I didn't really know what I was doing. I have no idea. But, um, and my parents weren't all that. Uh, I remember my dad, um, it was opening duck hunting. My parents, my dad was a avid hunter and he wasn't all that thrilled. I don't think the marathon is that big of a spectator sport for <laughs> right. family anyhow, <laughs> especially you know, my parents, but anyhow, we, um, I, I really, they didn't really, they didn't, it's not like they disapproved of me running, but they just didn't really enjoy seeing me hurting out there for 26.2 miles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, but other than that, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I I did, obviously I did. Okay. Um, I don't really remember much of it. Like, like my first Boston or some of the other marathons I've run. So, yeah, well, I would say, you know, something in the, even, even if, you know, three and a half, four hours, anywhere in that range. I, I mean, shoot, that's, that's, I would take that right now, as opposed to, you know, the, the first marathon, not exactly knowing exactly what you're getting into maybe, and, and maybe not having as much, as much structure and as far as training and all that kind of stuff, uh, like, like a lot of us do now. Although I, I wonder, and, and maybe this is a question you can answer. Maybe it's just kind of one of those, like, I mean, it just kind of was what it was and, and there's not much to it, but if that almost that, that kind of a bit more relaxed, structure as far as leading up to the race. Um, I wonder if that would be something that, that, you know, 
maybe would be better for, for some folks or maybe for most folks to not worry about every split and get your miles exactly perfect and all that type of stuff. Just, you know, run for the sake of running. Um, and if maybe that isn't, isn't something that maybe we've, we've gotten away from a bit in the last 30 plus years that maybe wouldn't be a, the worst thing to, to at least dabble with a little bit more in, in more of the, the modern day side of, of training and, and preparing for races. Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more. Um, you get really wrapped up in looking at your watch and all that stuff. And even now, the it, the temps have been pretty cold right now. So I'm I'm putting my watch on just, you know, if it doesn't get on Strava or if it doesn't get on your Polar or whatever, it doesn't count, right? But um, so I start my watch and I honestly don't even look at it till I'm done. So I don't really know how fast I'm running or, you know, or anything like that. In fact, today I ran and um, I'm like, I was going to throw in some strides mid run and I kept waiting for my watch to hit mile two or mile three. And and so I uncovered my sleeve just to look and I'm like, this watch isn't even working. (laughs) So I says, oh, well, it doesn't matter. You know, we're not training and it's just another, you know, another run that unfortunately won't be accurate on, on my Strava, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. So, so yeah, it's just, um, it, I think, um, you're right. I think if I would, if people would just, um, or runners would just kind of, lay back a little bit and just go out and have fun and just run um, and not worry so much about some of the splits or all that jazz when you're, and I think marathons would go um, better. Mm-hmm. At least for me, I'm kind of a type A person person. So the more relaxed I am, the, the better I do. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think back to uh, one of the, the chats I had with one of the, uh, the, the real old timers, I, I believe it was, it was Chuck Van Doozy. Who's like, you know, in his eighties, at least it was when we were talking and, and still running. And he was like, you know, sometimes all, all these, all these young people, you know, kind of all these young people in their watches, they're so worried about their pace. And it's like, sometimes if you just ignore that and just run, you might be yeah. surprised how much faster you can go because you don't have the, the pace or the watch telling you that you're running too fast, uh, especially on race day, you know, like just get out there right. and go and, and feel, you know, listen to your body, trust your training. Uh, he's like, you might just surprise yourself how much faster you go. And that was kind of like a, oh yeah, like that's a, that's an interesting thought and something that I'd never really thought of, but I've, I've played with it a little bit myself since then and, and have definitely been pleasantly surprised sometimes at just like, wow, you know, like that old cat was right. He, he, he knew <laughs> to stop looking yeah. at your watch all the time and just run. And lo and behold, exactly. you can surprise yourself. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, with, and, you know, there's oh, so ahead. many variables in running a marathon. You have the weather you have. Mm. Oh, are you going to have a good run day or a bad run day? Um, and you're right. You just have to trust your training and whatever happens that day happens. And sometimes it's good and you're and it's everything lines up and other days it's not so good. So, yeah, that's that is absolutely the, the truth. So. Um, you know, in, in the, the years that you've been running, uh, you know, run the first marathon, take about a decade off as far as marathons go, running some other stuff, get back into, into the marathon waters. Um, I know you mentioned, uh, a Boston in there and, and I know you've mentioned, you mentioned to me a couple of, of European, uh, marathons as well and some destinations, some travel races. Uh, we'd love to hear some of the, uh, the, the races that you've run, the highlights, the, the, the destination races. Uh, and maybe we can, we can dive into a couple of those as we go, but what are, what are some of the. I mean, maybe I mentioned a couple of the highlights, but what are, what are some of your highlights when you think of the races that you've run over your, your time as a, as a runner that really stand out in your mind? Well, that first Boston is always, um, I don't know, memorable for almost, almost everybody, every runner. So my first BQ, um, Boston qualifying time was 
in um, Wisconsin, Ashland, Wisconsin. It's called the Whistle Stop Marathon. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's on an old railroad track and it's very similar conditions of what I run on here in Hutchinson. It's like a loose line trail. You know, I run the loose line trail quite a bit. And it reminds me a lot of those surfaces. It's very friendly on the legs and knees. It's not, it's got a couple rolling hills, but not bad. It's just a great little fall getaway. And I think that's a, the other reason I love running marathons. It's if you're going to travel for a, mar- a race, it might as well be, you know, a pretty substantial race. If you're going to fly across the country and run, you don't want to go run a 5K in Rome per se. But um, so that's a, probably another reason I run, I really enjoy the marathon. But so that's the one um, somewhat local race. It's only about six hours away. That um, was a glorious day, and I actually qualified there a few times. And then as international races, um, I have a soft spot for Italy and I always will. And so we've been over there a few times and absolutely love, love everything about Italy. So I would go back and run Rome every year if I could. (laughs) So, or Florence or Venice or whichever one that we pick. So, well, you, I think you mentioned in an email that you sent me that uh, a couple of times that you've run Rome, which makes sense if you've got a soft spot for Italy and, and a, any excuse, I would imagine any excuse to go to Italy is probably a good excuse, but especially right. you can run a marathon at the same time. Um, but your first time running Rome, if memory serves, wasn't, uh, wasn't exactly maybe the, uh, the ideal situation. Uh, can you tell us about what happened there? Well, unfortunately, a few days before our plane um, took off for our trip, I end up with a somewhat of a bad cold which is all I thought it was. Um, but it steadily didn't get, normally if I get a cold, it, it's gone within two or three days, but this one was just different. And um, I ended up having a cough with it. And by the time we got off the flight, which is, you know, 20 plus hours later, I wasn't feeling very good at all. And um, we spent that next day just doing a little sightseeing and my cough steadily just got worse and I was feeling even worse. And, I I had my mom with me on that trip and both my mom and my husband looked at me and goes, are you sure you're going to run? You want to run tomorrow? Oh no, it was two days. And I said, um, yes, (laughs) it's Italy. It's Rome. I mean, I at least have to try. So, um, that next day, instead of, um, going on another day of sightseeing before the race, I, um, opted to stay back and stay in bed and just rest. I really honestly, I'm not used to being sick. So I just kept thinking I was going to be better. And so I'll just lay and sleep all day. Well, they left about seven thirty eight that morning and came back about six o'clock that night. And apparently I never moved that entire day because they looked at me and said, have you been up? I said, I don't know. What time is it? You know? So they actually came back to get me for dinner. So we went to dinner, um, and my mom went back with, we were there visiting my cousins who are missionaries over there, which is why Italy is so awesome. But anyhow, long story short, my mother um, went back to Naples, which is where my cousins live over in Italy. And we um, started the race the next morning. I was up most of the night coughing and I, um, I made it halfway and that medical people stepped out and said, ma'am, are you okay? <laughs> and my husband looked at me, Karen, it's okay to stop. And and he was such a he was such a good sport because um, our training we we definitely could have probably finished in a, in that four hour time period and we were with the four hour pacer about halfway and then I just steadily got worse and worse and worse and a long story short I did not quit at halfway I got it through the race and um, immediately the med tech or the medical personnel ran up to me and 
start um, yelling Americano, Americano. And I'm like, and my mom, and they just grabbed me and took me into the med tent and my husband couldn't come with me. Mm-hmm. And I, I could barely talk. I could barely breathe. I was just, I was so scared. In fact, I was scared enough to, um, almost believe that I really did some damage. I was just really, really sick. And so they put me on oxygen and I guess got fluids in me. And I was really nervous because we also had to catch a a train to get back to Naples. And I was nervous about that. I wanted my husband. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They didn't speak English. So it was just um, quite an experience. But I finally, they finally got me all, you know, well enough to get up and get out and find my husband and off we went. So, but then we went to the doctor over in Italy the next day who happens to also be a minister at my cousin's church and obviously spoke fluent English and he examined me and gave me a bunch of meds and, and turned out I had bronchitis oh, and Lord. it was, um, it was definitely a very um, difficult next few days trying to get, get better so I can enjoy Italy. <laughs> So, but the first thing my husband said was, don't worry, Karen, I'll bring you back. We'll run it again. And as promised, we did. And it was a much better experience. So, well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the, the second one was, was much better. You come back and hopefully be, be healthy the second time. So, yeah. um, tell us about the second race. I mean, you know, like coming back, being healthy, um, what was it like? Yeah. And, you know, I vowed to myself that I would never run. With, I mean, never run a marathon again, not feeling good. That was one thing. But this, the next marathon in Rome, I just really wanted to go and enjoy it all. I never, I didn't have a time goal. It was very warm that day, but I just had a lot of fun. I met my husband along the way, and we stopped and we chatted. And there's a couple runners that um, you're running on pavers quite a bit, and a few runners maybe would trip and you would stop and help them up. And so, and it was just a lot of fun. Um, there's so many, you see all the, you know, monu- monuments going along the way and the, it's just a great race. It really is. If anybody has an opportunity to go and run Rome, it's one of the best I've run. So, yeah. From, from your experience, uh, traveling, you know, both, you know, within the, within the U S and, and also internationally to run races, um, what what's what what are your kind of tips or go tos or best practices when it comes to incorporating a, a race as part of of a vacation? Because you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, b- before mm-hmm. too much longer, that'll be an option again. Uh, you know, traveling and and racing and and people getting together and and doing the thing and and not having to worry about COVID so much. Um, so so you know what what seems to work for you? Obviously, you know, with the the disclaimer that everybody kind of functions a little bit differently, you got to make it work for for your situation, right. your, your travel plans, yada yada yada. But but what works? What seems to work well for you from a logistical logistical perspective, and and you know, kind of getting the most out of both the race and the vacation. Well, I love to get the race out of the way within the next with the first three days after arriving, and we take a couple days just to acclimate and all that stuff and get race packets and get settled and and then we run the race about probably you know either we're three or four days after we arrive and then we have the rest of the trip just to enjoy eat all the good food do all the stuff and enjoy the vacation that's what we have done and that seems to work really really good for us I do really believe getting there at least two to three days beforehand depending upon how far you're traveling to um, is probably a good idea just to get acclimated and, you know, there's that time difference and right. all that. So, 
Yeah, especially, you know, again, if you're going international, uh, that, that becomes a lot. I mean, it's a, it can be a big enough fact if you're going East Coast to West Coast or something like that just here in the States. But yeah, you start flying to the other side of the world um, and what's what's day is night and what's night is day can kind of uh, not right. give you the best the best situation. So uh, giving yourself a few days. But but I do like the idea. And, I, and I've heard this from from most folks, I think, um, to try to, you know, run the race fairly early in the trip. That way you can really just, you know, enjoy the food, the drink, whatever, whatever the, the, the city or the, the, the country or wherever it is you're visiting has to offer not worry about, Oh, I gotta, I gotta stay on track because I gotta, I've got a marathon in just a, a couple more days. Yeah. And that's another thing. The food is different. You can't pack. I mean, we try to pack very light. Mm-hmm. So your run running gear and running food and all the stuff can take up like half your suitcase <laughs> right. and you really can't do that when you're traveling internationally. So you just have to be more flexible on what you're going to use while you're running and just kind of like not worry so much about like what we talk, talked about before, just go and have fun and enjoy it and not worry about the end time. Yeah. The, yeah. the finish time and all that. So, so, so then along those lines, do you tend to, especially for the, the bigger trips, maybe the international ones are the ones that are really a, a long, a long distance, you know, trip away. Do you tend to try to keep those races more for fun? And then the races that are a little bit more local, maybe the ones that you can drive to be the races that you're more likely to try to push the pace for, whether it's BQs, PRs, or, or whatever the case might be. Do you, do you kind of factor that into your, your plan for the race as well, as far as how far you're traveling? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, our last, um, my last marathon actually was in Scotland last well one was gosh it's two are we been doing covid for over a year now right it's been right about a year yeah it's been yeah so it was not this last fall but the fall before that and unfortunately that day um and that's another thing you can never depend upon the weather but in scotland it rains a lot and it definitely rained and it was very cold and very windy um so the weather was just absolutely horrendous so I just, you just have to remember, um, even though I was really looking forward to having a great race, it just didn't go that way. It didn't go the way I wanted. And I just have to remember that, you know what, it's okay. It's just a race. And I was in Scotland and I finished and it was a good day. <laughs> so, right. yeah. Well, and that's, and that's it, marathons in general, right? Like some days, some days, right. you know, it's, it's just finishing is, is a win, no matter how many times you've done it, no matter what your goals happen to be like. Some days that's just, that's just all you can hope for. Yeah. Yeah. Especially it's kind of disappointing when you have those bad weather days Mm -hmm. after such a good training session, but it's kind of out of your control. And if you just accept that and move on and, and just know that there'll be another marathon. And yeah, I'm very lucky that I can still run even I'm, I'm going to be, um, believe it or not, 60 next year. And I think I've run 28 marathons now. So I, um, I just feel very blessed that I can run no matter how fast or slow. So, yeah. And, and as we've talked about before, fast and slow, it's all, it's all relative and it, and it changes you, the, the perspective of what, uh, at least I would assume the perspective of what you feel like is fast and slow has probably changed over, over the years. And that kind of leads into uh, something I was, I was thinking maybe, or maybe we wouldn't get to, I, I wasn't exactly sure, but since you, you brought it up, um, I'd be curious to, to hear um, your advice, your take, uh, your experience on how things have changed for you running wise over the years, uh, because you know a lot of folks listening in their in their you know, some some in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, whatever the case might be. But I'm sure, certainly speaking for myself, but I'm sure speaking for a lot of folks, we have ambitions of running for multiple decades down down the road. 
Um, and I, I'd just be curious to, to again, to just kind of hear your take on, on how running has changed or how maybe how your perspective, your, your measurements of a good run versus a bad run has changed. Things that you've done to help yourself you know, stay healthy, stay fit to, to be able to keep going, to have the, the, you know, the excitement still there. Like, like just kind of, you know, I know this is a, a terrible way to ask the question, but kind of like, you know, over the course of the years, how, how has things, you know, how, how has your perspective changed? How have things changed? And, and we'll kind of maybe dive into some more specifics as we go, but just kind of in general, hopefully that kind of makes sense of what I'm Yeah. What I'm yeah. No, it about. makes a lot of sense. Um, I think it's been maybe seven or eight years ago now that I found, um, and I think you do heart rate training too, mm-hmm. don't you, Danny? Yep. Yeah. And I discovered I never heard of heart rate training, but I found it through another mother runner. And I think and coach um, MK, I think you interviewed her one yep. a couple of years ago. Yes. Yeah, so I work with um, coach MK with her fitness protection program. And I first started um, with her at um, another mother runner. And I've met that's another thing about running. You meet so many virtual running friends. They are they are a great, great bunch. And um, I have a great bunch with um, fitness protection program. And now I also run. um we're virtual right now because of COVID, but I have a local running group here that meet Monday and Wednesday. And I have this amazing friend that, you know, runs us through different running drills and strength training, but heart rate training, I think has really made a huge difference for me only. And I also kind of have a stride pod. I'm not all that, um, I guess, good at my stride yet because I it's a lot to learn with stride but I try to run my races with stride just making sure I don't go over a certain power or I'm at a certain power so I think those things have really helped because most of my runs are very slow I just run with my heart rate and on some days I'll pick up pick them up and um, add some pace work in Um, but most of my runs are much slower whereas before in heart rate training if I wasn't running like a nine minute pace for a run or a 10 minute pace, I was kind of like, that was really slow, right. <laughs> you know? So now it's not, not, it's much different. I just um, have slowed down a lot during my daily runs and maybe save the speed for race day and my speed. I mean, you mentioned PRs. Um, those, those are kind of in my past, mm-hmm. but I can still do some personal bests in my age group or if I, you know, if it's a good day, you know? Well, and that's, I think that's an important thing to, to remember. And and maybe I've touched on it. Maybe not. Sometimes it all kind of blurs together, but like, you know, just because you're in your, whatever, you're in your forties, you're in your fifties, you're not running the same paces that you were when you were in your twenties, you know, doesn't mean that all is lost. Like, yeah, set a different, different benchmark, change, change the the goal. As far as I want to PR as a master's, I want to PR in this decade or just in this year or whatever the case might be. And you can still, still push yourself in, 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 on those fronts and, and still kind of get some of that same, if, it, if it's what drives you, get some of that same, you know, competitive itch, uh, that, that you, that you get just kind of, you know, not chasing the fastest you've ever done before, but chasing whatever the fastest in the last two years or whatever the case might be. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to see where you end up in your age group. And there's a reason I believe that I thought qualifying for Boston would get easier as I got older. My last um, BQ is, was in 2009. It was actually the year I got married. So I, mm-hmm. I blame my husband a lot for it, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess my priorities kind of shifted a little bit after I got married. I, it was a, just a definite, an adjustment for me. Cause I, I was an old bride at 46, but we, um, we have a lot of fun traveling together and I, um, just kind of like backed off a little bit on my running goals at that point. Um, and there's such a, there's definitely a, there's definitely something to say about emotional and physical 
stress or anxiety and they all kind of make a difference in your running goals mm -hmm. and they really changed as I was adjusting to married life and having fun and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I wouldn't change it for anything. We have a lot of fun together, but it definitely was an adjustment and it really made a difference for my running until I kind of got in the groove uh, again and things like that. But yeah, so. Right, right. Well, and, and being into to heart rate training, um, I know at least that, that, yeah, some of those, those, those stressors or those factors that you don't think about before you worried about your heart rate, how much that can really impact things where, you know, a rough night of sleep and you get up and you're like, well, goodness gracious, how come my heart rate's already whatever? Yeah. And I haven't even started running yet. And it's like, well, yeah, cause you didn't sleep very well last night or you had, yeah. you, you needed a cup of coffee before you started running. So the caffeine gets, gets your heart rate going or whatever the case might be. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned a, a, a couple minutes ago, uh, the idea of not feeling like you have to push the pace and, and push the effort on all of your runs anymore. You're okay with, you know, running easy, running slow, whatever you want to want to call it. Um, I know I get those, I, I shift those around sometimes when I shouldn't, uh, but, but running at an easy level of effort based on your heart rate and saving the, the harder efforts or the, the, the faster paces for race day. Mm -hmm. um, I know I've found, uh, and I've, I've, you know, climbed on the mountaintop and, and shared it with the world as much as I can that, you know, just because you're not running hard all the time doesn't mean your body forgets how to run, run hard or run fast, uh, on right. race day. But have, have you seen similar, uh, instances where, you know, you're, you're running at whatever pace, relatively, you know, easy pace for most of your training. And then on race day, if you decide to push it a little bit, all of a sudden, like there's still some speed there in, in your legs. Yeah, it's crazy. I sometimes surprise myself. It was just a couple of years ago, I did a 5k and that's probably my least favorite distance to run. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know which is worse, a 5k or the pain in a 5k or the, the last three or four miles in a marathon. But I ran, um, I was sub eight minute miles and I didn't even know I could do that anymore. And I don't know if I can today, but that's the thing you never know until you really just get out there and push yourself and, and how it goes that day. So, but yeah, I, um, I definitely have noticed that. And I think before, um, when I maybe would try to push myself a little, I mean, not that I ran every run fast, but if I didn't do a certain pace, I just felt like it wasn't that great of a run. And now, um, like today, I think I did 11 minute miles. Um, I think my watch wasn't all that great, but I could just <laughs> feel myself. You kind of get a mm -hmm. feel for your easy pace run. And it's really slippery out today. We got a lot of some snow and it just made it slippier, but I, it doesn't bother me to run you know, two minutes per mile slower than my race pace or whatever it is. Right. Right. Do, do you have any, um, I don't know if, if anxieties is quite the right word, but do you, do you have any worries, nerves, whatever, when, when, when you do have a race coming up, you know, and, and, you know, conditions are good, you're able to get out there and, and, uh, get after it. Um, do you ever worry about, I don't know if I can hold it because I've been doing this heart rate training thing. Um, or do you just kind of turn, you know, turn the watch so you can't see it and don't worry about what the, what the watch is saying to you and just trust your body's feedback. Like how, how do you, how do you kind of handle that in a, in a race environment? Um, that, that doubt that again, like I asked the question, kind of a leading question, obviously, because, yeah. um, I get a lot of folks that ask those types of questions of like, well, if I don't ever, you know, if I'm not really pushing it, like, how do I know I can do it on race? And I'm like, I don't have a great answer because it's just kind of like, we just got to trust that it's going to work, um, right. which is easy for me to say, cause I've trusted it and it's worked. But when you're, when you're on the fence, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. So how do you kind of handle is. that transition between trusting that, that it's really going to work on, on race day? Yeah. I don't know if I, um, have the anxiety of, of 
if my body can hold that pace because I haven't been running those paces because of heart rate training, it's more, okay, we'll see how I feel today. And I kind of like don't even really know how the race is going to go. I think I feel really great at the start, but I get a mile or two into my race and this isn't feeling that great today. (laughs) Um, And it's not because of heart rate training. I think it's just that day. Um, I did a 10K a couple of years ago. I felt amazing, finished in like a 8.15 pace. And then I did it one again this year. Um, and it was a, just a totally different situation. It was probably an 8.45 pace. And so it was a lot slower this year. But it, it just also was I was running with a mask. It was, you mm, know, the whole right. COVID thing. And it, it just was different. Um, and I think a lot of that is, again, the physical and emotional stresses that go along with running. Um, and some days are good, but I don't have, I really honestly don't believe it's anything because of heart rate training. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. And, 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 and again, I, I'm, I'm admittedly biased. I, I'm not going to pretend like I'm not when it comes to heart rate training, but I, I just feel like for, for me personally, it kind of sounds like for you as well, though I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth, Karen, but like right. you, know, you just have a better feel for, at least I do. I, again, I don't want to put words mm-hmm. in your mouth. I have a better feel for my body. I think since I've really gotten into the heart rate training and kind of just respecting that like yeah for whatever reason whether it's it's emotional whether it's lack of sleep whether it's something i ate that was a little bit disagree not enough that i'm sick but just enough that it's like there's there's a little bit of stress there whatever the case might be that like some days like man it just it just doesn't feel like it's working and right you know that, that's not from any type of training's philosophy it's just like it's just human humanity it's it's, it's the yeah. fact of being a, a human being um but i think that that you know it's impossible to say for sure but if i were to go back in time you know four or five years ago um I would have just like, I would have been down on myself for that that poor day or that, that day when the legs yeah. didn't feel good versus now I'm just like, eh, you know, whatever. Next week will be better. I have to remember too, um, um, not, I'm going to be 60 and I'm just really, really lucky that I'm still running after, since I've been 12 years old. Not a lot of, um, you know, it's either something like, the, like my husband, we met and he was a runner um, and he still likes to run. And he's my number one fan. Trust me. He supports me. And if I wanted to go to Italy this fall and run a marathon, I don't know if we would go this fall, but (laughs) he is so, um, yeah, he's amazing. And he would start planning it, make the, even though he can't run, he can't really run much anymore because of his, because of his knees. So I'm just lucky that I haven't had any major injuries and I'm able to still run. So Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of that is I've incorporated a lot more strength training. Um, I have a good dear friend that re- leads these classes Mondays and Wednesdays and a lot of it's strength right now. Cause we can't meet outdoors and go running because of the situation we're in, mm. but we do a lot of strength training. We do a lot of strength training with fitness protection program. And yeah, so I just really, um, enjoy that part of training. And if I didn't do the strength training, I don't know if I would be as healthy as I am today. And of course I eat well and take my vitamins and do all that other good stuff too. But I mean, it's not about doing all that and then going to Hardee's or mm-hmm. Burger King or whatever. So, well, and, and I think that that's a, a good point um, in that it's, it's so easy sometimes to get, to get focused on um, the different parts of our lives, different, different, the different, you know, whether it's the workouts, whether it's the, the professional, whether it's w- whatever it is, but, but kind of feel like everything is in isolation. Um, but but really, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that our bodies, our lives, it's like it's it's one giant ecosystem and everything kind of impacts the other. And so I would I would go right. so far as to say that if you weren't doing all the strength training stuff, not that you wouldn't be able to run or you wouldn't be healthy or things like that, but that it absolutely is making a difference in how you're feeling 
both on the day to day and as it as it relates to running and the nutrition stuff is is no different like sure you can mm-hmm. you know nothing wrong with with splurging indulging having a, a you know something that that you know is is a is a treat type of thing for you once in a while oh but, yeah we took plenty of that too yeah but but just <laughs> yeah. like just like with running like you know if you're consistent with your training like that tends to lead to the the positive type of growth uh, uh, you know towards your goals as a runner you know same thing with with getting you know eating the right things taking care of your body strength training etc cetera, etc cetera. so um all that to say you know, focusing more on the strength training. Can, can you, again, a topic that I love getting into because I, I know that there's a lot of folks that are like, Oh, I, you know, I'm not going to strength train cause I'm going to, I'm going to bulk up too much or I just want to run or whatever the case might be. Um, but, but how have you noticed or, or have you noticed, um, the, the benefits of, of a focus on strength training and how that has impacted your running? Well, I just feel a lot stronger for one thing. I can't, can't say that I'm, any faster because right. when you get to be a master runner, I don't think you get faster. Um, I mean, it's not like I've slowed down much, which is also good. I think mm-hmm. maybe the strength training has kept me consistent with my running and not being injured. And I was able to get out there every day and put in some miles. And I'm just very consistent with my running. I run all year round. I always throw a long run in every Friday and um, I'm, I feel really good. I feel probably healthier and stronger in my fifties than I did in my thirties. And I believe a lot of that is because of strength training. I mean, push-ups and burpees and trust me, they never get easier no matter how <laughs> often you do them, but, um, they're important. And yeah, I even did some, been practicing my bo- box jumps this week and last week and, um, they scare the crap out of me, but you know, it's all about facing your fears and just trying. And if you don't try it, how are you going to know if you can do it? So mm-hmm. just, um, be, being careful, of course, and start small and work your way up. And, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, good, good for you though, for stepping outside of your comfort zone a little bit and, and trying some different things. And, and again, I mean, I, I feel like that's one of those things where kind of like with the strength training, like you said, you know, I may not notice that I'm a whole lot faster because of it, but if you, if you're slowing down, if you're, if you're maintaining, basically, as opposed to, to, I don't want to say regressing, because that's, that's not exactly what I mean, but you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're yeah. holding steady. Um, that's a good word. Yeah, I'm holding steady and maintaining. Yes. That's a good thing. And, and then, yeah. you know, if you, if you do want to be a little bit competitive, you get into the next age group and you keep holding it steady when most people are maybe not so much holding it steady, all of a sudden you just start to rise to the, to the top of the, the charts. You're more likely to win your age groups at races and, and all those types of things. And you know, that like, my, my, my thing with Boston, as I'm heard you, as I'm sure you've heard me say before, you know, just got to get a little bit faster and, and a, a little bit older. And eventually those, those lines start to cross and they start to become a little bit more realistic. Although I did hear you say that it, it hasn't gotten easier with age, which, which has me a little bit worried now. Like maybe I need to, well, you know, I don't know about that. It's just like, I, you know, like they, they, first of all, they keep making it harder to qualify, right. you know, yeah, that, that doesn't help anything. No. And now I have a feeling I'm not, I'm not, I can't predict the future of it, of course, but I think Boston's even going to get more and more difficult. I think the field size may possibly go down or the, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I do believe that it might be harder to even qualify again, but that's, it's okay. I mean, everybody has the same parameters as I do. And if I have a great day and all the variables line up and I qualify, it's just a bonus. But if I don't, um, I'm just really blessed that I can still get out there and cross two lines and, right. and still be a runner right. and do what I love. <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's, that's your, you're certainly preaching to the choir there. 
Um, before we, we, we start to really officially wrap this thing up, and we're getting kind of close to that point, but uh, a couple other maybe slightly different shifting shift gears just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the blogging stuff, Avocado Runners, where, where did, uh, when did that kind of come into your life? Is that something you've done for, for a while more recently, or what's, what's the website Actually, side of your life? no, it's fairly new, maybe five years now. Um, I love to spend time in my kitchen. Besides uh, my office, my kitchen is kind of my happy place. And way back, even way before I was married, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, I would constantly have dinner parties or invite people over. In fact, our first date, my um, husband was, my husband now was asked, well, where can I take you to dinner? And I said, well, how about my house? And and he goes, no, I want to take you out. I said, well, there's really nowhere in Hutchinson. At that point, we didn't really have a nice fine dining place. It was it's just, we just don't have a lot of options here in Hutchinson. So, and I love to cook. And the more he got to know me, the more he realized, yeah, you're right. Let's, let's eat here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, and my friends, they never really turned down a, uh, an invitation for dinner and they're a good sports. I'm always making something different. And I just really enjoy cooking and entertaining for friends and family. And I just just started to start kind of documenting a lot of my recipes and that's kind of how the blog started and of course I love avocados and I love to run so I just kind of threw them together and discovered all oh, this that's going to be my blog so right. and I just kind of talk about recipes running life and other fun things that I love to do so well that's I mean that, that's that's kind of how this whole thing got started for me too as you start just kind of combining different things that you enjoy doing and talking about and, and you never know where it where it uh where it might end up um but uh, but kudos to you for for you know figuring out that, that that's what you enjoy doing and just give it a whirl and and you yeah know, whatever it, yeah my friends and kept encouraging me to open a restaurant and that just did not sound appealing to me right. because then you really have to show up every day and you have to do it but I can just invite people over when it works in my schedule or that kind of thing and I share my blog with other people that are interested in my recipes and yeah so it's been a lot of fun. Good deal. Good deal. Um, what's, what's your go-to, like, you know, you're, you're home, you're, you're looking for something good to eat. Um, what, what's, what's your go-to thing to prepare? Um, I'm a really big fan of runny eggs. Um, mm. so any kind of roasted vegetables with runny eggs on top are probably my, um, at least weekly. Gotcha. <laughs> so, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue with that. Like I, I, you know, everybody says, right. Like I, I could, you know, at least I say, maybe not everybody. I'll just throw my own self under the bus. Like you know, there's a handful of things like, Oh, if I just ate X, Y, Z for the rest of my life, like, you know, I would, I would miss some things, but I'd be okay with it. Eggs is certainly on that list. Like I could, yeah. you know, the, 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 a, because it's flexible, you can do a bunch of things with eggs, but like, yeah, just, you know, eggs on top of this eggs on top of that. Like it just, it just brings it all together in my opinion. Right. Yeah. I love roasted vegetables. I think they're just much more flavorful than steamed or mm-hmm. any, any other, yeah. So if you throw an egg on top, it makes just a nice little dressing and yeah, even on salads. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's one of my, I have, I have like two or three things that I typically eat for, for lunch during the week. And that's, that's one of them is just a, a bed of, a bed of spinach and whatever other vegetables that I might put on top of it and throw a couple eggs on top and mash it all yep. together. And mm, 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 good stuff. <laughs> Stuff. Well, now, now you get me Great hungry over here, Karen. Like, yeah, perfect. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, as we're as we're wrapping up here, I uh, can't let you out the door without a without something philosophical. Uh, although maybe maybe some of the food talk might have been a little bit philosophical. I don't know. Um, but at this point in your life, uh, kind of, I think maybe this is my my most common. Although I haven't kept track, but maybe my most common uh, philosophical question over the years. I'm sure you've heard me ask it a few times. Um, but at this point, 
closing in on 60, been running for, for well over 40 years, uh, various stages of life and, and different, you know, distances and races and goals and ambitions at, at various points throughout the years. But why do you, why do you keep going? You know, why, why do you, why is getting outside, uh, seemingly just about every, every day, just about every weather condition? Um, why, why is running still a, an important part of your life and something that again, like I said, in the intro, as far as I can tell, no plans on giving it up anytime soon. Oh my gosh. There's so many reasons why. Um, I think the number one is probably, I just feel better. And I just know if I don't run, I know I'm not going to have as good a day. I love doing it in the mornings. Um, good way to start my day, uh, stress relief. And now I just am excited to get back. I really, really do miss, um, being a traveling runner. Um, can't wait to get out to, um, whatever destination we pick next. And, experience that all over again it feels like forever and it's not because i i miss racing that much because for me i enjoy the training as much as the race but i just really um i'm looking forward to seeing the world on foot again i guess so well that's uh I'm sitting here as is often the case, just nodding my head going, yep, yep, yep. It totally makes sense. I'm sure some other folks are as well. And, and, uh, yes, hopefully not much longer until we can, you know, comfortably sign up for races and, and trust that they're going to happen and start making some travel plans and all those types of things again. Uh, and when we do, hopefully Karen, maybe we can, uh, cross paths at some point oh, some race uh, yeah. along the way um guys once again if, if you've enjoyed today's conversation you want to connect with karen uh, avocadorunners.com is the website on at avocado runners on both instagram and facebook uh, ks the number four health on twitter and disruns.com slash 920 is the link to take you back to the show today like i said all kinds of links between social media websites things we talked about all the links will be there uh, disruns.com slash 920 so uh, Karen thank you for uh, for making the time today thanks for listening to the show supporting the show uh, all those things over the years and, and hopefully hopefully you'll keep listening as we as we keep going but uh, it's, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today and like I said hopefully you know someday one of these one of these days soon uh, races will happen again and, and uh, you know maybe we can we can cross paths somewhere along the way but until then please be well and uh, thanks again for all the time today I really appreciate it thank you Danny it was a lot of fun all right Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Karen and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway from today's conversation? Uh, for me, it was it was when Karen was talking about some of the strength training stuff she was doing, and, and specifically the box jumps, and uh, the idea that, that she needed to, to kind of face her fears and and push herself a little bit and challenge herself. And uh, almost with the idea, I don't know, I can't remember if she exactly said this. I probably could just go back and check, right? But, uh, you know, like what was the worst that could happen in that case? And, and you know, in a lot of cases, I think that that it's it's easy to get caught up in like the worst of the worst case scenarios. And, of course, there's always a worst case scenario out there. But what is what is the likelihood of the worst case scenario really happening? Usually not very good. You know, in, in the case of box jumps, uh, a great strength training exercise, plyometric activity, um, difficult, challenging, a little bit daunting at times. But what is like the real worst case scenario? Be some type of injury, a, 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 you know, some type, maybe a broken broken leg, broken ankle, something like that. Um, and, and, and I don't mean to dismiss it, of course. I mean, that would, that would suck. But like, what is the likelihood? Not great. Sure, you could you could have a little tweak, a scrape, a, a you know, a fall, a bump, a bruise, something like that. Those those negative outcomes, a little bit higher likelihood, but in the big picture, probably not that big of a deal. Um, some muscle soreness, yeah, that would be a, 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 I guess a negative because you're a, it's a good strength training activity. 
But it's a good strength training activity. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get more explosive. Uh, lots of upsides to doing something like that, to facing that fear that, that Karen was talking about. And to me, that, that you know, kind of, oh, boy, now I'm going to say something that's going to get me in trouble because I know some of you clowns are going to hold me to this. But it, 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 it pushes me towards the idea of, of what, what is the worst that could happen with, you know, some different types of options, with, with running a 5K, with doing an, an obstacle course race. Nelson, check yourself. I'm just saying. You know, of, of doing a, a 50 mile, of, of extending my, my ultra marathon situations. Like, what, what really am I afraid of? What really is holding me back? And what really is the worst that could happen in some of those situations? I'll, I'll allow you to fill in the dots. I'm still filling in the dots on some of those things. And, and I am going to put this out there, this little caveat. Nelson, hear this. That just because... You know, maybe it's it's a fear worth facing. Doesn't mean you have to. Doesn't mean you always have to face your fears. If there's other reasons, other other things that are holding you back, but if you really stop and think about what's the worst that could happen when it comes to facing your fears, when it comes to trying for a PR, when it comes to extending out to the the next you know race distance that seems daunting, when it when you're thinking about trying a trail race or or getting on the track or stepping outside your comfort zone anyway, getting into the gym, doing the yoga, whatever the case might be, whatever things that are holding you back, what's what's the worst that could happen? Maybe you think about it and and really think about it and decide that you know what? Maybe it's worth giving it a shot. Maybe it's worth trying. I'm still not doing those OCR. I'm still not doing a Spartan with you anytime soon, Carrie. But what's the worst that, but but Diz, what's the worst that could happen? I'm getting my, the more I talk on these things, the more I get myself in trouble. But anyway, that is my takeaway. The idea of facing your fears and what is the worst that could happen? More often than not, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, like you may not like it. It may not be your thing, you know, whatever. But as far as like real fears, real consequences, usually not a whole lot going on. Not a whole lot going on that's that's likely. Again, of course, there's always that that outlier. There's always that, that worst-case scenario. But the worst-case scenario doesn't happen as often in anything um, as sometimes we might think it does or that we work it up in our minds to think about. So, so anyway, face your fears. Maybe step outside your comfort zone. You never know. It might just be beneficial. Something, something that I'm chewing on, something that I'm going to hear about from some of you people. Um, who knows? Who knows what that might mean long-term? Anyway, that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Uh, let me know at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. You can also send an email to DizRuns at gmail.com. And of course, of course, of course, you can head over to the show notes for this episode or any episode and leave your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways there down in that comment section that's down at the bottom of the page. And uh, today, you can just point your browser over to DizRuns.com slash 920, DizRuns.com slash 920. Scroll past the photos of Karen, scroll past the links, scroll past the, the place to, to enter yourself into the giveaway, and you'll see that uh, that, that con- comment box down at the bottom, and you can leave your thoughts and feedbacks and your takeaways there as well. Always appreciate when y'all take the time to do that. Uh, and with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, once again, disruns.com slash giveaway, or right there on the homepage at disruns.com. Either way, get yourself entered to win a free training plan created specifically for you. Again, this is not some half-baked, one-size-fits-all type of nonsense. You know where I stand on that. And even when I do a giveaway, I don't, sh- I don't, I don't do any less than I would if you if you showed up and ponied up, you know, some some cash 
to hire me to write you a training plan. It's the same exact level of effort on my front, on my part. Uh, same, same everything. You can get it for free. Get yourself entered in the giveaway, disruns.com slash giveaway. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and wrap this one up before I start uh, you know, writing checks that I might have to cash someday by talking about fears that I don't really have, but things I don't really want to do. And then y'all start holding, it, holding me to it. Uh, anyway, y'all, thank you for listening. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your attention. Thanks for taking me with you today, wherever it was that we went. It's been a pleasure, pleasure running, riding, walking, traveling with you, uh, being invading in your, your headspace a little bit. I appreciate that. And uh, until next time, y'all, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? See you guys.